Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast with me, Lindsay Heron, joined today by Andy Newport and Scott McDermott, and also a very special guest from Belgium. We have Vincent Miller. Welcome to the show, Vincent. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. A bit of uh, differing emotions among uh, Belgians and Scots this morning. Andy, you were there in uh, in Leuven last night. Um, really, I mean, a really poor Rangers performance. How would you analyse it? Yeah, just exactly that, Lindsay. It was um, a bit of a shock to see Rangers uh, play as badly as they did in the night. You know, there's maybe excuses in the sense it's, it's still very early on in the season. Teams, you know, still jelling together with the, the new arrivals that have come in. Um, obviously, it's a brand new front line um, starting the game, but really no excuses for... No real excuses for the level of performance. I mean, Rangers were pretty much a mile off it. Um, uh, it's pretty, uh, pretty shocking performance in that sense. So it leaves them with a mountain to climb uh, next week. Um, I think right in saying that I don't think Rangers have ever overturned a two-nil deficit, uh, European deficit, personally European deficit in their history before. So that just shows you the the scale of the task that's sort of awaiting them next week. Um, and for them to pass up another £40 million windfall that uh, having missed out in last year is uh, Champions League uh, get the, the defeat to Malmo. It would be a real hammer blow. And a hammer blow to, to uh, Gio Van Bronckhurst because the mood has been so positive around Ibrooks uh, this summer. The new arrivals coming in, obviously the run to Seville. And to have um, start the season with a, a performance like that was is very deflatory. So... It's going to take a, a big performance next week to, to, to salvage this and turn that around. I'll just come to you in a second, Van Song, but just to, to talk to Scott, um, were you surprised at uh, Van Bronckhorst's team selection? And, and if so, um, which changes would you have made? Um, I don't know so much about the team selection. Lindsay, it, it was more the kind of, it was more the shape and the system that they they lined up with and, and the kind of mindset probably above everything else. I mean, he clearly had a plan in mind and he went into the game, you no, know, pretty defensive, you no, know, no one to give too much away early on. But I mean, watching the first 10 minutes of the game, first 10, 15 minutes, you no, know, Union actually sat sat back and, and allowed Rangers to, to come on to them. And I thought initially, you know, this team had actually shown Rangers a bit too much respect, and I thought the game was there for Rangers to go and to go and attack from from pretty early. But the system that, that Rangers lined up with, you no, know, it, it seemed to kind of start off a four quickly. Went back to a went back to a three with John Lundstrom dropping back. You no, know, the midfielder Kamara, this role that he's found for Kamara, playing as more of an attacking midfielder, didn't really work. Um, it took quite long to change it. Listen, there was so much wrong with that, that performance last night. It's difficult to know where to start, but above all else, just to kind of forward on for what Andy's saying, for me, the the biggest surprise or the biggest shock was was just the players' attitude. You no, know, given what was at stake, given the, the magnitude of that game, you no, know, to see them put in such an insipid performance was a real, real surprise and I think a real worry for Van Bronckhurst. I think you could see that in his interview after the game. I think he was taken aback by just how passive that, that performance was. There's no no real explanation for it and it's a cliche. We've been over this a million times, but it just seems like Scottish teams in particular, 
we're never ready for these type of games so early in the season. I mean, I've, I've seen it a million times. I don't know, I don't know what the answer is, but it just seemed again like Rangers. Andy said that they were miles off off the pace last night, and you no, know, again, it's it's a mountain to climb next week. But of course, Ibrox being the fortress that it is, you no, know, they've always got a chance, but. I think it's a real uphill task now for Rangers to get into the next round. Let's get the Belgian perspective then. I mean, Van Song, Union have been a, the incredible success story of Belgian football the last couple of seasons after their meteoric rise. And they did so well last year in the Jupiler League. But um, how were they anticipating to, to win so comfortably, if you like, in, in that game last night? Um... How did I, uh, how did I uh, feel Union with that last night? Yeah, I mean, did, did, did you expect them to win so so comfortably? No, no, no one expected that. Um, maybe we we hoped a draw, possible, but uh, a win like that, we were a bit surprised by the level of Rangers too. Um, we thought it would be uh, higher the level of uh, of Rangers. But uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe Rangers underestimated um, Union Saint-Gilloise. Maybe they didn't see their games uh, very well uh, last year and this year because they played as everywhere with a lot of, uh, as always, so, sorry. They play uh, with a lot of impact, with a powerful, uh, they are not afraid. They, di- they were not afraid of Rangers. They just played uh, with uh, no fear. And uh, maybe, I don't know, Rangers was a bit surprised and didn't estimate Union as they, they had to. Do, do you think they'll be able to handle the, the atmosphere of, of Ibrox next week? 50,000 fans there. Obviously, they've, they've had big results against Anderlecht at home, for example, so that would suggest that they could. Yes, but they, they never played in such a big stadium, uh, most of the players. Some of them, they are internationals, like the keeper uh, is uh, Anthony Maurice is an uh, international of Luxembourg and he plays in he played in big stadiums. But in Belgium, in Jupiler League, the biggest stadium is uh, the one of Bruges. It's uh, only uh, thirty thousand people, and they never play in such a big stadium. So yes, it can uh, it can play in the heads maybe, but I think the uh, the coach Carol Gerards is very experimented. He has a lot of experience and he will say to the players, okay, uh, try not to think you are in Ibrox. Uh, just think you are in, a, in the training round, uh, ground and uh, it, will, it, will be, uh, it will be okay. Don't, don't put on yourself too much pressure. I think it will not, be, it will not play too much, I think, personally, the atmosphere of Ibrox. Just looking at the game, Andy, I mean, the first goal is, is basically a comedy of errors, isn't it? So many mistakes, not least John McLaughlin failing to save it. Um, but after that, the reaction of the Rangers players was poor, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, they started, I mean, I agree with Scott, they started off well, they were in control. But when they didn't get that sort of early breakthrough, I think that gave Union encouragement. Um, and Rangers just, you know, right through the team, there was so many performances from players that was just way, way below standard. Um, you know, you look at uh, you know, Kolak up front, I mean, that's the second game running where he's looked pretty much anonymous. Um, I mean, compared you know, the influence that Alfredo Morelos usually has in this team and his ability to, to drag the team up the pitch, that was solely missing last night. Um, 
Malik Tillman started well. You know, I think, like we said, he, he, there was a few bright moments for him. And I think, you know, as, as he settles into the team, um, there'll be encouragement to take from, from his performances. But, you know, I was at the, the pre-match press conference with Kel Gerrits before the game and, and he and Anthony Morris, the goalkeeper, were, were talking about um, how Rabi Matondo was the best player in Belgium last year. Well, he really didn't show that last night and I think that'll be a frustration. The, the, the player, the guy, he's clearly got quality, but you know, they handled him so well. As soon as he got the ball, they had two players on him at all times, um, snuffed him out and just didn't give him the room that he, he clearly needs and he clearly enjoys um, sort of running into with that speed of his. The midfield was so passive as well. I've never seen Ryan Jack have less influence on a game. Um, you know, I think we've all, we've all gave him a wee bit of... Um, you know, sympathy last year, you know, he's coming back from that long injury and there was times where obviously his, his fitness levels weren't up to what he would usually be at, but we thought with a, a full pre-season in, we would see the best of him, but he just looked so leggy and so flat last night, maybe the, the, the pre-season is taking a wee bit out of him, but, you know, he and I just got it right again what he says about Kamara, you know, I just got to think that more advanced midfield role is it's where he's most suited to and again, he just had, the game really bypassed him um, and then, uh, as you say, Lindsay, the goal um, is, a, is a shambles. I mean, uh, Barisic, who you know, has Yilmaz on the bench, well, you know, leading down his neck, um, really under pressure to perform, has to, has to clear the danger along with Jack uh, when that ball goes into the box. Neither of them do it. Then when it comes back, uh, the captain takes a strike and John McLaughlin gets two hands to the ball. And for me, he has to save it. I mean, um, and I know there's been a big discussion. Me and Scott had this last week, talked about who, who should be the goalkeeper. Um, I must say, I'm surprised that McLaughlin got the start for last night. I, I, I did say last week that I thought McLaughlin would start at Livingston. But I think because he's more suited to the domestic game where Rangers aren't going to be under pressure as much, I think when you want somebody to come in and make big saves, Alan McGregor's the man to do that. And I'm surprised he sat on the bench last night and to be honest I'm not entirely convinced that John McLaughlin will be in goals for next week if I think given the, the scale and the, the pressure I, I think that Gio Van Bronckhorst will turn to somebody who he can depend on and I think that, that will be our McGregor I suppose Scott though you look at the, the saves that, that John McLaughlin made in the second half I mean two big big saves which would have meant if they had they got in I mean the, the tie is completely over there's just no way they're going to recover from that. So I suppose he redeemed himself in that regard, but it is a bit of a dilemma for, for Van Bronckhorst, isn't it? Certainly is, Lindsay. Listen, you're right, John McLaughlin did make a couple of good saves um, towards the end of the game, and particularly the one with his feet. You know, if that goes in, it's a real disastrous night for Rangers, but as Andy touched on, I mean, the first goal is so crucial at, at, at that time, and for him to let it in, so easily, um, you no, know, my kind of fears kind of came to fruition. But when I just I said last week on here, I don't think he's proved to be a top level goalkeeper that makes big saves at important times, and that was certainly the case last night. I don't think it's too far a stretch, I don't think you're, you're trivialising it by saying Alan McGregor saves saves that shot 99 times at 100. Um, so it was a bad night for him in that regard. And you're right, big dilemma now for, for Gio Van Bronckhorst. He's made his decision. I think Alan McGregor has been told that he will be backup keeper to John McLaughlin. So I, I don't think, or I don't see Van Bronckhorst changing it so soon. 
But if there are any more goals like last night, then John McLaughlin, for the first time in his career, is going to find himself under under serious pressure with, with McGregor breathing down his neck, and it's a that that's an issue. Uh, that's an issue for the manager because if he didn't think Alan McGregor was good enough to start as his number one, you know, does he then turn to him after three or four games and and, you know, and, and ask him to come in and almost salvage the the situation? Not a good place for any any club, any team to be in. And listen, if it if it doesn't go well, who's to say they wouldn't go into the market even now, no while the window's still open to go and sign another another goalkeeper? I, I wouldn't rule that out at this stage. Exactly. The, the, obviously, one of the big burning issues was the the penalty decision, um, which took forever uh, for the referee to to finally make his mind up. Loads of discussion about it. Um, you know, it looked incredibly harsh for on Connor Goldson. What what can he do to get out of the way? Um, it seemed, I mean, there's been some talk, Andy, that the you know the rule actually changed last year, and the referee hasn't failed to has failed to apply it properly. Yeah, I mean, I only got one brief look at the, the incident uh, last night on a on a monitor that was near me in the stadium. It's one of these ones, that, you know, it, it came through a passage of play where there was about three shots, and McLaughlin's made a couple of saves in that time. It was a bit of a bit of a pin, penalty box pinball um, at that moment. Um, so only get one look at it. For me, his arms out. But when you add in the deflection from Ben Davies, and what exactly is he supposed to do? I mean, it's a it's an an instant ricochet. Um, it's really harsh in that sense, and that's the bewildering thing when you've got VAR. VAR supposed to be the, the safeguard against these erroneous decisions, and yet here it is. It's VAR that's sort of you know justifying these things so um, to, to my mind it's, it's a, a real sore one for Rangers and if it ends up being the thing that costs them um, placing in, in the Champions League group stages um, ultimately then they will have every right to feel uh, very upset about it it's a, great, it's a great example Andy of why VAR isn't the be all and end all and won't be the, the saviour of our game you know, some people m- might see it I mean it's a ludicrous decision at any level, any right-minded football person watching that incident no, is never given a penalty. So how the referee can look at a monitor and decide, yep, that's a penalty and a booking, by the way, which is arguably even more ridiculous. Um, no, it was a, a terrible decision, but no, as Lindsay pointed out earlier, 2-0 is actually doing Rangers a, a favour. I mean, it could have been it could have been a lot worse. Nobody could argue that scoreline, but it doesn't take away from the fact that it's a really, really poor decision. Vansa, what was the reaction from Union about that decision? Were they in agreement that the referee got it right or, or did they admit that it was a bit of a fortunate one? Yes, they say they are a bit fortunate. If the, the referee didn't blow, I think they would never have said, oh, they were a penalty. They said, OK, they received the penalty, we take it for sure. And what is interesting is that the, 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 the player who shot the penalty is Dante Vanzer, yeah. the striker, and uh, he, he had a lot of pressure on, on him because uh, I don't know if you followed that, but uh, last season in playoff, he missed a very important penalty against Bruges. Mm. Probably Union missed the, the title because of this uh, penalty missed. So that's why there were a very big tension at the moment of the... I don't know if you were in the stadium, some of you, but you, 
you could feel that in the stadium, everybody was uh, no more blowing <laughs> and just <laughs> praying. Okay, he put if he missed that, probably it was the, the end of his career. And no, uh, no, <laughs> or maybe yeah, it's a bit exaggerated, but missing two penalties like that wouldn't have been possible. Unfortunately, so just after he had a very big occasion, he could uh, do three zero, three nil. And uh, it probably it would have been over uh, for Glasgow Rangers. Now 2-0, it's possible, of course, for Rangers in the second leg. Well, I spoke to um, Steve van der Heen last night and he he spoke about just how proud he was of uh, of him stepping up to take that penalty. The pressure was on him and you could see the sort of relief in the, on the other players. They seemed to be... You know, they showed the sort of pressure he was on as well. They were they were so relieved for him. Yeah, yeah. And so he had uh, quite pressure, but everybody in in Union trusted him. So and he was also uh, um, uh, trusting in himself. He he did he didn't doubt. We we uh, as a person in the stadium we doubt a bit, but he, he didn't doubt <laughs> and. Uh, for him, hopefully, it was inside. <laughs> what are what are Union Union saying now, Van Song? Do they think that they are qualified now? They can go there and finish the job, or do they think a huge task? No, awaits? no. Karel Gerhardt he said in the press conference after that there were no percent of chances that Union uh, uh, go in the next round. But I think. It's just a way to not put too much pressure on his players. I'm sure they think it's totally possible, but they prefer not uh, not to say, "Okay, uh, we just have to finish the job in uh, in Glasgow." So, and now they, they they also know that they have an important game in the championship this uh, this weekend. So, and I think now they focus on the game of Saturday, and after they will focus uh, on the game of uh, of next week. And I don't think they will uh, they will say in themselves, oh, it will be easy in Ibrox. No, no, not, not at all. And they also say the 21st minutes in Ibrox will be very important, crucial, because there will be a big pressure of the, of the fans, I, I, I guess. So, uh. Absolutely. I think, Scott, the, the, I suppose Rangers can take heart from... The performances in Europe last season, you know, particularly the the Braga game and then the the, the Leipzig game, where they lost the first legs only by a single goal on on that key on these occasions, but they came back and won convincingly and, and in some style. Um, was that you know that kind of muscle memory help them? Yeah, it should do, Lindsay. I mean, listen, Rangers blew teams away at Ibrox last season in certain games, and it was we are we are pace and intensity right for the start. Of the game and they're going to need that. No, it's just whether they can produce that at this time in the season. We are new team, no new players trying to get bedded in. Um, but they're certainly going to need it. I mean, the atmosphere will be electric now if they can score early, as Vanson says. Union maybe not used to that that type of atmosphere, that type of intensity early on in a game. If Rangers can score early, then they're going to give themselves a chance. But no, as Andy said earlier, I think they need to get Ryan Kent back. I think they could do with Alfredo Morelos coming back. I think that would give the team and the supporters a real lift going into the game. And of course, listen, if they can produce that that fast start um, and the atmosphere builds, 
then it could be an uncomfortable night for the for the Belgians. But if they don't get that and they go chasing the game at 2-0 down, then as we all know, it's dangerous. Um, and if you get hit the counter-attack, the, the, the tie can be over. So it's going to be really tough for Rangers. But if, listen, of course, going back to Ibrox, with that atmosphere on a European night, they've always got a chance. Good news, Scotty, is that um, Giovanni Bronfer said last night that uh, Morelos will be in with a, a, ch- a chance on the second leg. And Muddy, I think, uh, also said on TV that, that Kent will be back as well, hopefully. So um, that will be a big risk. You know, those guys are you know, proven European campaigners. They've been largely responsible for what Rangers have done in Europe in the last few years. So having those two guys back is, is key. But, you know, Morelos, he's, he's not played since March. What, what's it, what kind of shape he's in yeah. remains to be seen. And obviously, again, you know, limping off at the weekend, uh, missing missing last night's game. So, um, you know, big big sort of question marks over their fitness. But if they can be back and play any sort of you know part towards you know 80 percent of the performance levels, that would be a, a huge boost to Rangers. I think last night showed Andy. I'm sure you'll agree just how much. No, Ryan Kent and Alfredo Morelos are missed when they're not there. I mean, they can get criticised at times, particularly Kent. But when you look at Matondo last night and even Tillman in the second half, no young, inexperienced, no quite raw at that at that level. You you, you realise watching it just how good Kent is and how important he is to this team and, and what he gives them um, you know, going forward and coming back to me. And Morelos is just that focal point. You almost He's been at Rangers so long now, you almost take him for granted a wee bit. But I agree with Andy. Cholak, for me, has struggled early on. I, I'm yet to be convinced that you know, he's going to be a proper Rangers number nine, a proper Rangers centre-forward, and certainly in the mould that Morelos is. So if they can get Morelos so, back, so far, so far he doesn't look much of an upgrade on on Cedric Hitton. No, and that, that may sound harsh, but in the two games, he's had two games so far, and he's not involved himself in either of them. Which is, you know, as I said earlier, the, the thing that makes Morelos so influential is his ability. Even if he's not scoring, he's still chipping in, taking the team up the pitch, and that's yeah, what Rangers 100%. need much more out of Antonio Cola. He needs to be a guy that doesn't just. And isn't just involved in the penalty box, he's involved in taking the team up the pitch, taking the pressure off the back line and, and allowing them to build sustained pressure. That's what they didn't do last night. They didn't put, you know, Union under a period of 10, 15, 20 minutes of pressure. And, and then that's when the cracks started to appear. It was all this fleeting chance here, yeah. chance there. And that's what allowed them to settle into the game. He also makes it, Morelos makes it really uncomfortable for defenders whatever the circumstances, whether Rangers are playing well or he's playing well, defenders know they're in a game against Morelos and Cholak just hasn't had that impact or influence as yet. Um, no, as that lone striker, you, you need to be the focal point. As you say, you need to get the team up the pitch. Um, and he's just not done it. He didn't do it at Livingston where I thought he struggled and then he struggled again last night. And I think even a 70% fit Alfredo Morelos, no, with the adrenaline, with the adrenaline kind of pumping next week at Ibrox for that game, uh, I think Gio will be tempted just to just to throw him in if he's if he's fit at all. That's I mean what you're saying about making. Sorry, I was just going to say that Scott's saying about making life uncomfortable. That's what Van Zier did for yeah. Rangers last night. He never gave. Uh, I'm sure Van Zier will agree. He never gave Conor Goldson a minute's peace. Rangers just never looked 
comfortable at all even trying to build out because there was always yep. this constant pressure on them. So, I mean, this is what Rangers need. They were far too static last night. There was no... The circulation in midfield was, was not there. There was no movement off the ball. Rangers just went flat-footed. They looked tired, which was a, a concern two games into the season. So, a lot of questions to be answered ahead of next week. Exactly. And just to conclude then, Vincent, what would this mean to Union if they were to qualify ahead of Rangers and get to play either Monaco or PSV for a potential place in the Champions League? It really is incredible spirit. What does it mean for the for the club if yeah. they can fight? Oh, it's uh, it's a dream for it's already a dream now for them because two years ago they were in second division, ten years ago they were in third or fourth division of, in Belgium, and uh, the their last victory, the last uh, win in the European Cup, it was in uh, 60, 62, 1962, so uh, uh, sixty years ago. Uh, if I'm not wrong, yes, 60 years ago. So just to win this first game what well, is incredible. And if they go in the next round, what is nice is that I think they, um, they will put the anthem of uh, Champions League in uh, the next round. And they want to hear that for the first time. Yes, it's obviously <laughs> because in this leg, there is no, uh, there, there isn't this music. They want to hear this music. And for the club, uh, I think it's uh, like 5 million euros if you access to the next round. So uh, it's for a small club as Union, it's uh, it's important. Okay, there is Tony Bloom, the chairman, but uh, it's important for them to have the, this money too. And uh, after they can even dream, dream to, to access to the, to the pools. But... Uh, yeah, one one thing after the other. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the question, Andy. I mean, the ramifications for, for Giovanni Bronkhorst and Rangers would be quite considerable if, if he's unable to get this job done. Yeah, I mean, obviously getting the Calvin Bassey money and the Joe Rebo money in this summer has taken a bit of the financial strain off the club. They missed out in the Champions last year and that was going to be hugely costly, but they made up for that going all the way to Seville I mean I think Sir Roberts has said that the European runs sort of basically they actually probably made a wee bit more last year than they would have qualified for the the group stages of the Champions League but it's a bit much to expect this team to do that again and you know so financially it'll be a hit if they, if they can get there and you know so that, that just shows the bottom of next week's game they, they have to turn this around and um, if they don't then you know, it's going to put a lot of pressure on the management and the players. And Scott, just finally, the the one you talked about, Morelos and Kent being key, but is there any other aspect that Rangers have to change and get right if they're going to get through this tie? Well, I think they need to revert to the shape and the system that they're used to. Lindsay, certainly at home, I know Gio switched it to a three uh, against some of the kind of bigger names in Europe last, last season, but well, Rangers are going to need to go pretty much all out attack in this, this second leg from the off. They need to get more support to, to Cholak if it is him that's starting and Romarelos isn't available again. Um, I'd like to see Tom Lawrence come into the starting lineup, and I'd like to see him playing in his that preferred position just off the just off the front um, to try and get him involved. I think they're going to need lots of shots at goal, which he's he's renowned for. So. Listen, there will definitely be changes. They've obviously got a game on Saturday first to, to take care of. So it'll be interesting to see what the reaction and the response is 
against the uh, against Kilmarnock on Saturday, and then they'll they'll have to deal with Tuesday. I mean, Saturday they will hopefully build up a wee bit of a wee bit of momentum going into the game. You know, if they can get a good win on Saturday with some goals, with the crowd behind them, it will set it up nicely for Tuesday. But listen, they, they need to try and, as I said earlier, they need to try and rediscover or recreate what they did in those European ties last year. If they do that. They've got a real chance, and as I say, Union could be blown away like your Braggers and Leipzig's were last year. Better teams, no, we all due respect to, to Union. So they need to somehow rediscover that that type of atmosphere, that type of forum to have any chance of going through. Max, on, I know you're coming over to Glasgow next week, so uh, hope you enjoy your visit and uh, sample up the atmosphere. I hope. Andy, Scott, thanks very much for joining us today. Thanks for joining us, Vansal. And we'll see you next time on Rangers Record Podcast.